Open our eyes, Lord, that we may see wonderful things in your word. Amen. I really like listening to Michael Mosley and his podcast, Just One Thing. I just wondered, anybody else listen to that podcast? Michael... Yeah, it's great. It's a really engaging podcast. It's easy to listen to. And he's got a series of doing just one thing to help you stay young and healthy. And one of these things is to practice standing on one leg, just to improve your balance. So I wondered, should we have, should we have a go? If you want to stand up. And just try practicing standing on one leg and don't hold on to the chair in front of you. So you can do this while you're cleaning your teeth um, just to get a really good habit. Um, and it's just one thing to make us feel healthier and uh, younger. Okay, do sit down. So there's a lot of other things actually in his pet podcast, especially about eating well. And, uh, but Jesus, he gets down to a much deeper level of our spiritual health and the spiritual food that we eat. So Martha and Mary, this is probably a really familiar passage. And I've talked to people and they say, oh yes, I'm such a Mary. Uh, as if it's about personality types. So you've got to be either one or the other. Well, I think we know that God's made us all very different and very diverse. And he loves us to be that way. So let us just look again at this passage. And if you like books, I really want to recommend this book by Joanna Weaver. It's called Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. And it really goes into this uh, passage in great depth. And it's, it's really enlightening. So I'd recommend that book. If you... So here we find that it's not only Jesus, but it's also his group of disciples who are traveling around, and they come to Bethany, where Martha, Mary, and Lazarus lived. And actually, they're really good friends of Jesus. They are loved, and they are known by him. And Martha, she is doing all the right things. She's opened her house to Jesus and his crew, and Jewish culture is very hospitable, so obviously food is needed. And if you've got a lot of people to cater for, and there's no ready meals in the supermarket to help, uh, help your process, everybody knows, anyone who knows who cooks for large numbers, like we're cooking for 70 at Thursday uh, youth, youth group night, it helps if you're not on your own and you've got somebody else to help chop up the vegetables. But as in a lot of cultures, Jewish women worked in the kitchen. They're in the background doing the work, and it's the men who they, they walk, they're, they're talking, they're discussing, being together until the meal is ready. So um, I've recently been cycling in Sicily, and we went through, vi through villages. The picture of the le on the left, there's a group of old men. They're sitting outside the coffee shop talking. So where are the women? Well, the women, they're at home making the pasta and the pizza. So this woman on the, on the left there, she, she never opens a packet of dried pasta. 
She, she's learned from her grandmother how to make pasta, and she does it every day. That is the norm. Um, so women, they're always in the kitchen preparing food. So what is going on here? Well, it seems that busyness is leading to distraction. All the preparations for this meal for Jesus actually changed Martha's focus off Jesus and onto the task in hand. And unlike Mary then, she missed the opportunity to make the most of Jesus' presence. So Martha was really full of good intentions, but she misjudged what was really needed. She got distracted. Now, if there was ever going to be an update of C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, I'm sure there would be a chapter on distraction. The older devil, Screwtape, would be congratulating his junior, Wormwood, on his masterstroke invention, because TikTok is just genius. It's so addictive and distracting. So, of course, social media can be a force for good, but what a great distraction it is. I mean, you can waste so much time, huge amounts of time, scrolling and searching and posting, taking photos, so much time. This really gets your attention. And when we get distracted, we really miss the call to sit at Jesus' feet. So when we're dragged away from Jesus, we become vulnerable to attack because distraction can lead to discouragement. There's too much work. There's too many demands. There's too little help. Discouragement can alter our perspective about God and then self-pity can creep in and criticism of other people gains momentum. And we think we're on our own and doing things in our own strength. So what does Martha think the answer is? Well, it's for Jesus to see her work, affirm her efforts. I'm doing all this for you, Lord. Can you just help me out? And then that discouragement can lead to doubt, Mary says. Lord, don't you care? So when we are in difficulty, we might not doubt that God exists, but we can doubt that he really loves us. God doesn't care, or he would have stepped in by now. If God is good, this wouldn't have happened. And this is how we feel about something when it clashes with what we think about God. And it causes doubt. When God seems to go against our wishes, we might end up running away from the person who we really need. So distraction, discouragement, and doubt, they allow other negative feelings to rush in so we can feel like we're running on empty. Do you ever feel like that? But you know, God doesn't want us to be in that place. 
Jesus understands Martha's predicament, but he sees it differently. Martha, Martha, he says, with great love and understanding. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. What is this one thing? Just one thing. Well, King David in his Psalms, he said, one thing I desire is to dwell in the house of God. And Jesus told the rich young ruler, you still lack one thing. Come and follow me. So here is Martha's learning moment. So Jesus didn't give Martha what she wanted, but what she needed. Jesus gave her an invitation to draw close to him, to find rest from her anxiety and her worry. So here is an encouragement to bring our questions to the Lord, as Martha did her worries and her concerns. Because really Jesus isn't phased by them. The answer isn't to take things into our own hands, but to understand our boundaries and our limitations. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So we fix our eyes on our saviour and not our situation. It's not so much about our performance, but about being in Jesus' presence and trusting in him. We sit at his feet as disciples, remembering who he is. And Martha has a teachable heart. Remember in John 11, when Lazarus has died, it's Martha who goes out and meets him and then accepts Jesus' authority and leaves the situation in his hands because she has faith that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. She has listened and believed. So let's look at, at, uh, at Mary. Her gift was her availability in the midst of her busyness. She showed up with an open heart and she was ready to receive. And I think she probably was busy helping in the kitchen, but then she stepped out of that role because here was Jesus in her home. And she was so fascinated and captivated by him. Her one thing was to be near Jesus and to listen and to be changed. And she wasn't going to miss her chance, even though she incurred the criticism of her sister. And this is what Martha missed in her distracted state. How often do we miss that opportunity with, to spend time with Jesus, who lives in our hearts by his Holy Spirit? Has our devotion dulled? Oh, sorry, Jesus, I just don't have time to have coffee with you today. Or maybe, oops, oh, sorry, I completely forgot we're supposed to meet up today. 
But as Mary listened, her devotion to Jesus grew. And we see how much she loved Jesus. Because in John 12, it is this Mary who anoints Jesus' feet with her expensive perfume. An extravagant act of loving service and worship and sacrifice. And Jesus also sets us this example. He says, I only do what my father tells me. So there is Jesus who listens to his father. And then he goes and he does it. And this is what he wants us to do, whatever personality type we are. This privilege of listening to Jesus in humble submission. Loving our Lord, or Jesus as our Lord and Saviour so much that we want to live for him in our worship and our work. And it is in this relationship that we can bring our worries and anxieties to our Heavenly Father. We can sit at Jesus' feet and hear his truth and his wisdom. Because as children of God, we never have to face life alone. Our discipline is always to bring ourselves to God because he can handle our worries so much better than we can because he is always at work, working out his grand designs as he brings events and peoples together. And as we trust in him from Philippians 4, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, will we worry or will we trust and pray? So Jesus' invitation to sit at his feet is not just for the Marys of the world. The offer is for everyone to choose the better part and that won't be taken away from us. So is Jesus the center of our lives? Is our, are our hearts centered on him? And do the pressures of this life drag us away or draw us closer to God? Michael Mosley talks about just one thing, but you know, they're all adding up to quite a lot. But only one thing is needed, and Jesus is the thing. Whoever we are, whatever personality, it's how to keep Jesus the main thing. So that is a spiritual discipline, to be fully present, deal with our distractions, leave behind those things that entice and distract us, those unhelpful habits, and cultivate new ones. So maybe if screens are a bit of a problem for you, how about trying to have a, have a Sabbath rest from them for a day and see how you get on. But it sort of breaks the power of, uh, they have over us. And are we taking time to sit at Jesus' feet, to he eat his spiritual food? Maybe we can encourage one another if you meet up in small groups. How do you read the word of God regularly? Do you use um, different notes and things? Maybe you can encourage one another to uh, be reading the Bible, to be accountable to one another. 
but also to be then doing what Jesus teaches, to be worshipping God together. It's wonderful to come together to do that. And spending time and getting to know God better. And it is good to be consistent and to have a, have a good habit of doing this, to get into that habit, but also to be creative, to do things that maybe we wouldn't normally do, like go on a silent retreat. I mean, it sounds terrible, but, you know, it could be really, really um, inspiring. Do something you don't normally do so that your devotion doesn't become like this boring duty. And practice being aware of the presence of God in your daily life. Maybe having conversations with him. Because he lives in us and everything comes from him. He just loves to talk to us. He's always got something to say. So listen. Jesus' aim is not to pamper us physically, but to perfect us spiritually. So do we have humble hearts, teachable hearts. Well, it is at his feet that we humbly receive God's love and grace through Jesus' death on the cross. It is at his feet that we learn his holiness and his wisdom. And it's at his feet that we are equipped and strengthened by the Holy Spirit to go out and do his work in the world. And this is the better part. So, in a moment of quiet, maybe you'd like to reflect. Is there one thing in your life that distracts you from Jesus? What is that one thing? And then ask Jesus to help you to do something about it. Let's finish with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you, you know us and you love us. Lord, thank you that we can have a relationship with you. So Lord, we ask that you forgive us when we are so distracted and maybe doubt your love for us. Lord, help us just to sit at your feet, to open our hearts, Lord, to listen to your truth, to love you, and to live our lives in a manner worthy of our calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.